Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Improved Photography Network. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. In this episode, I'm going to tackle two listener questions that came in from our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash photo taco. And I want you to, to, if you're a pro, you need to wait to the end and listen to that just in case there might be something there. The rest of it, you probably already know, and you may want to skip to the next episode. But uh, for hobbyists and others that may be just starting, the, this, this episode is going to hopefully clear up a whole lot of information about what makes fast lenses. And then in the end, we're going to talk about T-stops. All right. The questions came from Amber Davidson. Have you ever done a podcast on lens speed? I've heard people refer to a lens as fast, but not all same aperture lenses are considered equal. Could you explain which lenses are ideal for sports and or children due to their ability to focus faster than others or which you could use for everyday situations? I think there's actually two questions in there, Amber. So we're going to tackle both of them. And then Sydney Cantor added, if two lenses have the same aperture, but one lens is just physically bigger, would the bigger lens let in more light and therefore be faster? This sounds like a great topic for a podcast. And I agree, Sydney and Amber. Great topics. We're going to tackle them today. Three questions there. First, we're going to define what makes a fast lens. Second, even though I'm not sure Amber knew it, there are really two questions. Does a lens affect the speed of autofocus? And last, Sydney's question, whether two lenses with the same f-stop rating being much different physically let in different amounts of light. Sadly, Katherine Johnson and Steve Blackett, this is not the episode that you're hoping for and been asking for in the Facebook group with advice about how to choose a lens. But if all works out, then in the next episode following this one, we are going to tackle that topic and I'm going to ask a guest to come on the show. So we'll see if that works out and uh, stay tuned for that. Still, this is shaping up to be a nice meaty episode here. I love it. All right, let's go. Let's go ahead into this. But before we do, I do need to thank the, uh, the sponsor for this episode, ImprovedPhotographyPlus.com. You know, even though I take the time on this podcast to answer listener questions, you don't really know how soon I may get to your question or if I ever will. These questions have been sitting on my list for months now from Amber and Sydney. They may even have forgotten that they asked the questions waiting for me to get to them. If you'd like to have more of a direct access to help with your photography questions from the hosts on the podcast of the Improved Photography Network, you need to go check out ImprovedPhotographyPlus.com. Not only do subscribers get access to most of the hosts on the Improved Photography Network, there are video training courses being added every month or two, and you can download every resource that's ever been offered by Improved Photography over the years. It's only $19.95 a month to subscribe, and you can start your free trial today by heading over to ImprovedPhotographyPlus.com. I want to thank Jim and ImprovedPhotographyPlus.com for making this episode possible. All right, let's start with that first question, and I'm going to spend quite a bit of time on this. What is a fast lens? So if you think you already know the answer to this and aren't interested in kind of the details, then you can fast forward quite a bit and uh, get to the, uh, the other answers. But I'm going to spend quite a bit of time in this episode trying to answer this question. I believe I've talked about it before on other Photo Taco podcasts, at least alluded to it. And I know we've used the term fast in conjunction with talking about lenses a lot on the Improved Photography podcast. But I'm not sure I've ever really defined exactly what the term means. And if I'm reading Amber's question correctly, it may even be that she made an assumption that when we're talking about a fast lens, that it means the lens functions in a fast way 
and thinking that that could impact autofocus. We're going to talk about that, but that's not actually what we are saying when we're talking about a fast lens. It's a reasonable assumption that she made, but that may not be the answer. That's not really what we're talking about. All right, so part of why I like this question so much and decided to do an episode on the topic was because I'm trying as hard as I can to make sure on this podcast I define the terms photographers use that are confusing at best and seem like deliberately misleading at worst. So when a photographer says a lens is fast, they're talking about the maximum aperture of the lens. Okay, well, not directly, actually. They're more directly talking about the ability to have a fast shutter speed even when lighting conditions are low, which is kind of a relative thing, but that's really directly what the term fast means, a fast shutter speed. All right, does that clear things up? Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> I'm gonna explain it further. If you wanna have a fast shutter speed, that means that in order to get a proper exposure, you're left to the other two sides of the exposure triangle and aperture and ISO to compensate for the fact that you've got a fast shutter speed. In other words, you kind of had to fix the shutter speed to some value, something that's relatively fast given the lighting conditions, whatever that might be. All right. So that means you've got shutter speed locked down. So you have aperture and ISO that you can deal with then for getting the right exposure. And we never want to increase ISO if we can't, if at all possible, we want it to be the lowest number it can. We're going to just assume throughout this episode, we're going for a 100 ISO. All right. So when we say a lens is fast, we're saying that we want to have a high shutter speed in low light, and we're going to get there by having as wide open an aperture as we can get. So it's the maximum aperture the lens supports that we're looking for in order to say that a lens is fast, even though it's kind of a fast shutter speed that we're going to get. Clear as mud, right? <laughs> and kind of confusing about how it is to think about this. But just to add to the confusion, the ability to have a wide open shutter is measured in f-stop units. And they're a little tough to wrap your head around. At least I found them to be very confusing for the first six months or more after picking up my DSLR. Maybe it's just me. I'm a little slow. But if you find f-stops confusing, don't give up. Keep forging ahead because I promise it will come. Give it more time if you don't get it yet. If you really have to think hard about aperture and f-stops, that's normal and it's okay. Keep going. It will come more natural over time. So the largest possible aperture is indicated by the smallest possible number. And that's kind of what's difficult to understand. It doesn't feel like it should work that way. And that's how it works. So you're just going to have to live with it and deal with it. An f-stop is actually a ratio, which means the number is actually the denominator of a fraction. Now, that's the bottom part of a fraction for those of you who may not have heard the term denominator in a while. But that could really be a full episode just to explain. So we're just going to leave it. The important part here is to say that the smaller the number is on your lens, the more wide open you can make that aperture be. And therefore, the faster you can get the shutter speed to be. And that's what makes a fast lens. Small aperture numbers. Hopefully that makes sense that a fast lens is one that supports a small number, as small a number as possible at, on aperture. Unfortunately, confusion doesn't just end there for me. <laughs> Most lenses have quite a few numbers listed on them. So what number is this magical maximum aperture value that indicates the lens is fast? Which number is it? And then so let's take an example of one of the Canon kit lenses 
And before we do that, I need to kind of define what a kit lens is. But no photographer would ever say a kit lens is fast. All right, so they call a kit lens kit because they're bundled with a camera when you buy one. So there's two popular kinds of kit lenses that come bundled frequently with a consumer Canon camera, like the crop sensors in particular, the entry-level stuff, the stuff that we all started with when we first got into photography. All right, there's two versions of it. One of them has some numbers written on it that go 18-55 and then kind of a space and one colon 3.5-5.6, which is a whole lot of numbers. And then the other one has a very similar set of numbers, but it's 55-250 space and then one colon 4.0-5.6, which is really hard in audio to try to follow that. So don't try to remember these numbers. That We're going to get down to the numbers that actually matter, but no photographer would say that these inexpensive lenses that come with a camera when you buy it are fast. They're there because the camera wasn't is, has no value without a lens. So they are included at a pretty small cost so that you can actually use the camera you buy rather than have it not have any lens. All right, in prepping for this episode, kind of decided I needed to do one on just how to decode all of the numbers and symbols written on lenses. So look for that later. It's an idea I've written down that I'll come to at some point, I hope, but plenty of good of things to go through on that. And we need to talk about how to identify maximum aperture. So we're just going to leave that alone. And the first number in the range of numbers has to do with focal length. That could actually have something to do with the lens being fast, but let's save that for a minute and just ignore that first set. So the 18-55 on the one and the 55-250 that you kind of had at the beginning of those numbers, ignore those. We don't care about that right now. All right, then you have, so you're left with the one colon 3.5-5.6 that was on the one and one colon 4.0-5.6 on the other. We're going to ignore the one colon part too. I'm not going to explain that. We're, so we're left with the thing that we actually care about for the episode here, and that's those numbers of 3.5-5.6 and 4.0-5.6 on the two different kit lenses that come with most Canon cameras. Those are the maximum aperture numbers for the lens. Okay, but if those are maximums, why do we have two numbers for the aperture? And in spite of what you may be thinking, this is not the manufacturers trying to confuse you even more. That seems like a conspiracy theory as you start learning photography. I know, I remember going through that and totally having a, a hard time understanding what does all this stuff mean? Okay, so both of these kit lenses are also... We're going to call them zoom lenses because it speaks, I think, to a common term we use outside of photography where you, you kind of inherently get this concept of zooming in and out on a, on a subject. And what this really means is the focal length can change. And that, incidentally, is what the first set of numbers were, the 18 to 55 and the 55-250. Those were focal length numbers. But being fairly inexpensive lenses, those numbers mean that as you move the focal length from the widest, the shortest millimeters, um, or as beginners may want to think about it, the most zoomed out, the aperture can be as wide as 3.5 on the, the one, the 18 millimeter kit lens, and 4.0 on the other one, the 55 millimeter kit lens. So that's the maximum aperture when the lens is zoomed out or in other words, the widest focal length. As you change the focal length, or you kind of zoom in, 
the maximum aperture of the lens that the lens supports goes down and the most open you can make it is only 5.6 on both. So remember it was this range, 3.5 to 5.6 and 4.0 to 5.6. That was what those numbers were on the lens. And that means as you zoom in, you no longer can go to 3.5 on the focal length or 4.0 on the focal length. You're gonna be confined to the maximum aperture being 5.6 when you zoom all the way in. You have lenses that don't zoom at all, and those are called prime lenses. And since they only have one focal length, there can only be one maximum aperture. There can also be lenses that change focal length, like these kit lenses do that zoom in and out, but they, have, they also still only have a single aperture number. And the fact of that alone, if you have a lens that has no range in aperture, it doesn't have a 3.5-5.6 or a 4.0-5.6, it's just a single aperture number, but the lens zooms, probably gonna be a fast lens. No matter what the aperture number is, that's probably a fast lens or something that a photographer would call fast. Zooming lenses that have a single aperture number also tend to be more expensive. So that also is a good indicator that a lens is fast. Fortunately, that's the case with a lot of pieces of photography. The more expensive stuff is the better stuff and it's expensive for a reason. And that's the case there. If you have a zoom lens that has a single maximum aperture throughout all of the focal length ranges, then it's probably fast and it's probably a very good lens. All right, back to our non-fast kit lenses for a moment. There's a big difference between those two aperture numbers. As the aperture goes from the larger number of f.6 to the smaller number of f4.0, that's a full stop of light and means that the amount of light the lens is letting into the camera is doubled. You get two times the amount of light between f5.6 and f4.0. Just emphasize it again, you get 200%. I'm trying to think of as many ways as possible to, to say this, to try to make it sink in. You get 200% more light opening up the aperture by changing it from 5.6 to 4.0. So you can imagine then that if you're forced to use an aperture of 5.6 and you're only getting half the light there that you would have had if you could open it up to 4.0, your shutter speed is gonna have to go down. It's gonna have to be slow. Most cameras do shutter speeds in increments of a one-third stop of light. So if you have to stop down or close the aperture, a stop of light, when going from 5.6 or from 4.0 to 5.6, that means you'd have to slow down your shutter speed by three clicks in order to make a full stop of light. And most cameras, a lot of them that I've used, that because they're one third of a stop and you have kind of that click when you move the wheel, it's three clicks of that wheel in order to make one full stop of light. So you'd have to slow the shutter speed by three clicks of that wheel in order to get the light back that you lost because you had to change the aperture from 4.0 to 5.6. In other words, if you could get a good exposure with the aperture at 4.0, f4.0 and a shutter speed of let's say 1 500th of a second and iso 100 again we're just assuming iso 100 through all this discussion then if as you zoomed one of those kit lenses in as far as you could and therefore were forced into going to f5.6 because 4.0 is no longer an option 
That means you'll have to compensate for that one stop loss of light by slowing down the shutter speed from that one five hundredth of a second you had to one two fiftieth of a second or three clicks of the wheel that controls the shutter speed. That is the makeup of a slow lens because you had to slow your shutter speed as you zoomed in and because the widest open or maximum aperture was only 3.5 or 4.0 to begin with and went even worse to 5.6 when you zoomed in. All right, there really isn't any official standard anywhere. So I can't say if the aperture is this number, that makes it a fast lens. Because there's conditions, there's things, there's, there's ways to make it so that that's still not a fast lens or is a fast lens even when it's not the specific number. But in general, just being broad, f2.8 is really kind of the starting point for an f-stop number having a lens be called fast. Remember, the smaller the number, the bigger the aperture, and the more likely it is to be fast. And really, it's more like values of f1.8, f1.4, and f1.2 when you're talking about lens being fast. Remember, again, smallest number. Okay, it's usually the case that they'll say a lens is fast only if it has the same maximum aperture throughout all the focal lengths of the lens. Not only does it have a maximum aperture of at least 2.8 at the widest the lens goes, or the most zoomed out, but as you zoom in the lens, you still have the same maximum aperture and don't have to slow down your shutter speed to compensate. All right, so hopefully that answers the first question about what makes a lens fast. You can get fast shutter speeds in lower light because you have a really wide open aperture available to you, okay? A low aperture number. All right, second question then. I think I can answer this one a little more quickly. Amber wondered if a lens impacts the speed of autofocus. And the answer is yes. After all, think of the difference in what you have to do to change the focus of a smaller lens and, so, and the pieces that are inside it versus a really big lens and the pieces that are inside it. Those pieces have to kind of change in order for the focus to change, right? And it just it's gonna take more time to move the bigger pieces inside the bigger lens than it would to change the littler pieces inside of a smaller lens. And I found some excellent research done by Roger Clark over at clarkvision.com. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. He went to great pains in order to do as much testing as he could think of to compare the speed of autofocus between a 300 millimeter, which is by no means a small lens, that's a pretty big, big, physically large, large lens and a long focal length, versus a 500 millimeter lens, which is even a more massive lens. So what he did is he used a Canon 1DX4, or sorry, 1DX3, I forget the specific camera. Anyway, it's one that's known for the autofocus speed. And then he tested the time that it took for 300 millimeter lens to focus from something close to something far versus a 500 millimeter lens. And he found there to be a difference, uh, consistently different. So it turns out to be about a, a roughly a 50 to 60% difference in focus speed with the 500 millimeter lens being slower to transition between the extremes of focusing to something close to something far. Exactly kind of as you would expect. It's just gonna physically take longer to move the bigger pieces inside the bigger lens so that the focus can get, get accomplished. But what we're talking about, even in that case, an extreme case, admittedly extreme case, the difference was a, between 0.6 seconds to 1.06 seconds. 
So a little less than half a second difference. That certainly could be meaningful to the difference between getting the shot and not, especially when you're shooting something like birds in flight, which is what a uh, long focal length lens like that would be, or, or shooting a football game or something like that where you, you need that long reach, that long focal length in order to get the photos. But it's not likely to make much of a difference in most of the shooting we may do. And the difference in much smaller lenses is going to be even smaller because the pieces are not much different in size. So I'd say while there may be a difference, it's likely relatively insignificant. Unless the manufacturer didn't do a good job with making the internal components move quickly to change focus. And I have heard of cases where some specific lenses, and I don't have any to relay to you today, but I've heard of people reporting that a specific lens it's really slow to autofocus compared to other lenses or that it was enough difference as they put that lens on compared to the other lenses they use that they notice the autofocus being slower. And so that's, it's entirely possible for a lens to contribute to the speed of autofocus. And it's something that you could notice if a lens kind of has that negative piece to it. And so you might want to look out for that as you look at reviews to see if people observed the autofocus being affected by a specific lens, for the most part, not likely to be an issue. For, especially if, so if you don't see anything mentioned, I wouldn't assume anything. And I wouldn't assume just because it's a, a bigger lens that it's a, it's gonna be a problem. But um, in general, you know, you so if, if there's a lack of that in the reviews, then don't worry about it. If there's people that mention it, then you might wanna rent it first and try it out, see if it's a, a big enough problem for your specific shooting that uh, that it'll be an issue, but something to definitely watch out for. Okay, now to the third question from Sydney, who wanted to know if two lenses with the same aperture setting will let in different amounts of light. And she was thinking more about the physical aspects. You know, you can look at some lenses that have a diameter, that front element, the very front part of the lens looks like it's much bigger. It has a, it's a bigger diameter circle there than other lenses. And she thought, is it? possible then that even though one lens might say it supports f 2.8 and has that big big front lens element and uh, another lens that's smaller got a smaller diameter but may support the same f 2.8 could they be letting in different amounts of light even though the aperture is the same and the answer is yes but not for the reason that sydney was thinking now, a long time ago, aperture was not the same from manufacturer to manufacturer, and neither was shutter speed. They're just There weren't standards. They all kind of labeled and measured things differently. But today, thank goodness, there is agreed upon standard about what f-stop and shutter speeds mean with regard to light and how much light is getting let into the sensor. However, even today, as I record this episode in January 2017, f-stop is not entirely accurate from lens to lens. Now, I'm not just talking about comparing, say, a Canon lens to a Nikon lens to a Sony lens or any other manufacturer. I mean that due to small differences in the specific components inside each lens, like the glass inside this lens compared to the glass inside another lens, even the same exact make and model of lens, if you compare them, they are not going to be exactly the same with how much light makes it to the sensor for the same f-stop. Now it's close enough to be pretty inconsequential. I'm not trying to make a big deal out of this. 
generally it's like about a third of a stop at most that there's a difference, but there is a difference. This is why you will see on lenses used to do filmmaking, like serious filmmaking, they don't have f-stops written on them. They have t-stops on them. It's a similar concept. A t-stop is still telling the camera operator how open or closed the aperture is. But instead of being a standard that can be somewhat loosely applied to each specific lens in f-stop, t-stop is something that the manufacturer measures and marks on each individual lens that is produced. The T stands for transmission, and it's the actual measurement of the light um, that specific and individual lenses allow to get to the camera sensor. They have to uniquely measure it on every single lens that is produced. They can't put T-stop measurements on the lens until they've measured the actual values with that specific lens and then can mark on the lens where the T-stops lie in order to get the right amount of light transmitted from the front to the sensor. And that's T-stops, which of course is a very time consuming process and therefore adds considerable cost to the lens. It's way, way more expensive to get T-stops. But for filmmakers, it's a pretty important thing. It's, it's much harder to adjust or process film like we do with our photos all the time. Much harder to try to get um, shots from different cameras and lenses to look the same and fix it in post. You can do it, but it takes way more time and effort and that's, it costs them so much money to do that. It is much more worthwhile to have that T-stop uh, marked lens so they'll know when they set the T-stop the same on two different lenses, they'll know for sure it is the same amount of light that's getting through the lens to the sensor uh, between the two cameras. So that it's worth it to them in those specific cases. And for us as photographers, even if you do a little video, it's not, uh, the difference is so inconsequential. And um, if you do filmmaking, you may kind of run into that with DSLRs. All right, so yes, Sydney, if you could measure the light, making it through the lens to the sensor on each of the lenses we use, they would be different. Not really because of the physical diameter problem thing that you were thinking of, but just because it's a little bit more loose rating what the f-stop value is and they just kind of they measured it when they first designed the lens and then the research and development it takes to do that and then as they manufacture and produce them um, the process of creating the lens is close enough they don't have to measure each one individually and therefore there is going to be slight differences with each individual lens and how much light makes it through and an f 2.8 on one will be a little different than f2.8 on another, even across the same lens. All right, there you go. I hope that answers those questions. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how well it gets received by our awesome Photo Taco group. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it. As a quick reminder, you can suggest topics for the show through Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Photo Taco, through Instagram by messaging at Photo Taco Podcast. And I'd love to see you there. Um, haven't seen a whole lot of activity with the uh, Instagram account, so would love to, to have you connect with me there. Or through email, where the address is phototacopodcast at gmail.com. No question too basic or too complicated for the show. If I don't know the answer, and I don't know the answers to lots of things, then I'll bring an expert guest on the show, or I'll research it so much that I'll become an expert on that thing. Don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Improved Photography Network. We have Portrait Session, Tripod, and Improved Photography 
Also take some time to head over to the mothership, improvephotography.com for news, gear, and other photo tip articles. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of Improved Photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a permission is earned. Olay!